Call me crazy, most of you probably will, Monday was uh, an interesting day on the show. Yesterday, there was still a little doom and gloom a little bit. We called it a uh, recruiting valley that OU's in right now. The peaks are going to happen this summer, but still in a recruiting valley yesterday. Parker Thune, call me crazy, but I feel like the text line and the overall sentiment of the show just might be the most optimistic that it's been so far this week. Can really? I stay hopeful that that's going to be the case? Yeah, I, I don't really have any basis for that. I'm just, I'm just hoping that Wednesday is the day that we can move forward now with things. Oh, just kind of, kind of by default, you would say Wednesday yeah. has to be better than Monday and Tuesday. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I, I see where you're coming from. I mean, hey, at least you probably have a commitment to look forward to with Cooper Alexander. Again, we Ooh. talked about it yesterday. It's, it's tough to imagine that kid going anywhere but OU. So, if nothing else. You at least feel like you have some good news on the horizon right now if you're an OU fan. Now, I don't know exactly what the timetable is for Cooper. I'm not going to be able to catch up with him until tomorrow and kind of get some more intel in that capacity. But a dream offer is a dream offer. The kid lived lives in Norman, grew up in Norman, goes to church in Norman. OU's a very safe bet for Cooper Alexander in the end. So... After the Zadavian Sims fiasco, amidst all this bedwetting about why Bryant Wesco isn't taking an OV to Oklahoma in June, you could use a good solid low drama commitment and a seventh edition to this 2024 class if you're looking to reverse the fortunes, as it were. Well, how about I just force the positivity, okay? Uh, I'll force the positivity, or at least try to. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Uh, text line, give us one thing. Recruiting, team-wise, whatever. One positive thing about OU football right now. Recruiting, team-wise, like whatever it is, one positive thing. So, and we'll read them throughout the show. So, so what you're saying we'll, we'll is see. general positivity hour. Yes, general positive. Not Todd Bates positivity hour, though if you want to make it into that, we can. Just general positivity hour as uh, my buddy john whitson co-host of the boomer bevo podcast someone's asking if we're broadcasting from a bathroom today do you care if i open that <laughs> oh. door to see if uh if that helps out things a little bit what's going on john no i i want to thank you for letting me jump on this yeah. is fantastic i'm i'm so excited to be able to do this but i want to like start the positivity thing off in the right direction Beautiful. give everybody an example of what we're looking for on the show which is we don't have to play K-State this year. Cool. Oh, there you go. Sweet. It's so simple. Yeah. It's such an easy thing. I think you can lock it down right now. It can't sneak up on you this year, you know? Oh, we can't We can't not stop them on third and 15 at the end <laughs> of the fourth quarter. There's so many things that are positive about. We don't have to hear all the stories about Brent Venables and, and uh, you know, the, their former coach and the whole thing. None of that. Until you play him in a Big 12 championship game. And oh, then you my get all, gosh. You get all, all that again. There you go. You brought us back down. Tyler. Yeah, sorry. So, okay, this is positivity. You brought us back right. You brought us right back down. Positivity day. Yeah, John Woodson. Uh, we're at Brown O'Haver today. He's the co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast. He's uh, going to be joining us all show today, which I think is a lot of fun. Do I still sound like I'm in a bathroom here? Does this sound better? How how's the uh, how how we doing on that? I think I think it sounds a little bit better. It's still got a little the, bit uh, of an day. echo, okay. but I don't think it's anything we're not going to move past with time. Well, everyone wants to know who the next commit's going to be. And, Parker, I think you hinted at it a little bit. You don't necessarily know the timeline, but you would say, it sounds like you would say, 
that Cooper Alexander, whenever that happens, has a good chance to be the next commit. Yeah, I mean, if you're putting money down on one kid, that seems to be where all of the safe money is, right, Tyler? Because before this offer went out, we were kind of looking ahead to official visit season in June, maybe that first wave of official visitors on June 9th and the week that follows, maybe the earliest possible opportunity for you to pick up another edition of this 2024 class. It sure seems like Cooper Alexander is one of those guys that has just been around campus enough that he's not going to need to take the official visit to make a decision. So, again, I don't know exactly what the timeline is, but anytime you get a kid in this type of situation where it's his dream offer, everybody kind of understands it's his dream offer, and when you look at every other offer on his sheet, OU is quite clearly the best offer he has – there's always a chance that things wrap up very, very quickly. Yeah, I'm just not going to be all that shocked if that's the case. By the way, positivity hour on the text line. Here we go. Optimism is at an all-time high today. It's hump day. Uh, from the 918, we're not Texas. There's some positivity flowing in, thank, which – Thank the good Lord. You know, Goodness. always hits. Holy cow. Uh, we have Jackson Arnold in the bag. That's right, Parker. He's not on flip watch. Some Instagram rumor. He can't be on flip watch anymore. I mean, until A&M drops a bag to get him in the portal, right? Yeah, yeah. We have JFA, says Aaron and Tulsa. We're undefeated. Uh, let's see what else on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, if I can scroll up. It's always great to not be A&M. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no more pay-per-view games. Well, there's at least going to be one game on ESPN+. Plus. Um, but, yes, no pay-per-view. Losing recruits is better than losing games 49 nothing. You sat next to me during OU Texas last year, John. Can uh, does that check out? Um, I played golf this morning with a guy whose first ever OU Texas game was last year. Oh my god! Can you imagine? No, I oh, actually boy. is that the worst? That that was the first OU Texas game I ever left early. Right? I mean, I've been to. I think I'm in double digits now, somewhere around ten or eleven games. The first one I'd ever left early. We talked about the complete inability to to. Uh, complete a forward pass, right, and how terrible it was. And I said, how did – so was the rest of your experience good? He's like, no, it was terrible. I'm never going back again. I felt so bad for this guy. Like his whole, you know, illusion of how good it was going to be was just demolished by the fact that we had absolute terrible quarterback depth last year. So now the fact that we have JFA, I think we should all be pretty fired up. So you, you do call him JFA? You're, I don't. You're on the I, train? Just, I just okay. picked it up just now you, from okay. him. Okay. Well, just, yeah. you know, just on the show today, maybe consider uh, saying JFA. It feels good. It, it, it doesn't feel bad. Really good, it doesn't know? feel bad to do it. It, it, feels, it feels good. Yeah. Maybe the best QB2 in the country is uh, Twitter. Uh, made me buy in yesterday. So yeah. someone had the question, "Who's the best QB two in all of college football?" And I felt like most of the responses were of uh, were of JFA. Uh, we have female cheerleaders. Says someone in the four hundred five. Another shot at Texas A and M, which I'm here for. We get to claim Baker Mayfield from the nine one eight. Aaron in Tulsa says Parker is no longer on Flip Watch to Irish Illustrated. Was, that, was I ever it's on Flip Watch? Was that ever an actual thing? That'd be a hostile like, workplace if like you did ever flip people, to Irish Illustrated. The same people that had me on Flip Watch to Irish Illustrated were the same people that had Jackson Arnold on Flip Watch to Notre Dame a while back. But now we have a lot of excellent positivity hour texts. Mike from Sand Springs says. Positivity hour, okay, here. BV will get 10 wins minimum. We beat Texas by 42, and everybody gets drunk in Provo. <laughs> the last one kind of threw me a little bit. I, I thought it was going to end in, like, national championship. Drunk and Provo, the ultimate middle finger to the BYU fans. It, it's going to be hard to. 
It's going to be hard to get drunk and pro. I'm just telling you right now, you better bring your game if bring you want to get drunk. Bring flag your own sauce, BYOB. I've, I've, been to, I've been there, great stadium, beautiful place, lots of lemonade, lots of homemade cookies. And this a, is Parker's dream right now. And, and Tell me more. Oh, and a lot of caffeine-free beverages. Uh, they serve caffeine-free Coke in the stadium, which just blew my mind. <laughs> blew my mind. I, Parker's not going to flip to Irish Illustrated. He's going to flip to BYU Illustrated after hearing this. Listen, oh, it's I'll, gorgeous. I'll get it's the gorgeous. folks. I'll get the folks at BYU acquainted with Olipop. How about that? You familiar with that? No. What is this Olipop phenomenon? Oh man. I'm going to have to – no, we don't have enough time before we got to hit commercial <laughs> break for me to give you the full spiel. It's like it's like healthy soda. It's delicious. I Again, I'm not going to go in full pitch mode because I'll be selling for minutes upon minutes, and that's minutes of air time that could be better spent talking about OU football. You need to get somebody on one of those recruits an NIL deal on this Olipop deal. Get this thing going. Let's go. Oh, uh, as of June 1st, Olipop is the official title sponsor – of the OU Insider live stream and the OU Insider Under the Visor podcast. So, wow. Talking about products that uh, Parker could actually endorse. I'm, I'm glad he got that. I'm glad, like, uh, Coors Light or something isn't uh, sponsoring the OU Insider podcast. I, I wouldn't uh, be able to endorse Coors Light because I don't drink. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. they, don't, they don't stand to gain much from partnering with me. Uh, yeah, Parker, you're going to absolutely love – I've said this to Toby, too, in the mornings numerous times. You are going to love the trip to Provo then because it feels like a, just a giant, wholesome picnic. It's amazing. Everybody's pl- – now, I will say this. Their fans are psychotically competitive. They are a competitive – that is a competitive fan base that it gets very fired up. So that – the energy will be there. It just will not be uh, alcohol-induced. If yeah. that makes sense. Well, and, and that's what's funny about that road trip and this year is, is there more polar opposite road trips? Maybe there is in college football. But going to Provo, Utah, where there's caffeine-free Coke in the stadium, and then you're going to go to maybe Auburn in your first year in the SEC, and there's going to be people passed out on cheap beer out in the parking lot. Like I, I don't oh, know if it God. gets any different than going from BYU to the SEC. Uh, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be madness. It's I, I don't I can't think of two more polar opposite places. No, no. But I'm glad we get the BYU experience one year. Uh, I think though you can find that polarity right here in the. I think Cincinnati's gonna be the same way. I think Cincinnati's just a thuggish kind of town. Really? It? Yes. It's never, terrible. Never visited Cincinnati before. Come on, Xavier. Yeah. No, it's gonna be terrible. Uh, let's see. We don't have to deal with tech fans pelting Parker with batteries and then getting their shorts in a bunch when we call them when he calls them out over it. That's positivity. Yes, I love that. Um, really, just a lot of Texas and A and M hates. But we also have Eric Gray won't have to throw a pass in the OU Texas game this year, which uh, that that is that is definitely a positive. Thankfully, that won't have to be the case. Hopefully, no running backs will have to throw a pass. You think think Stogner is like the emergency quarterback, like Braden Willis was? Probably so, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. That was so bad. We don't. The problem is, Tyler, is you try to get us positive, and then you read one of those. I well, and it just brings us all the way back down to where you're experiencing the fact that we're actually moving the ball down the field, right? And Braden Willis is moving the ball down the field, and it's just like, well, maybe we have a chance. Maybe we have a chance. And then they put Davis Bevel back in and, and try to throw it three times, and you're like, and then you just give up. <laughs> First quarter, you're done. Um, Parker, you saw Michael Patterson McDonald last night at uh, Westmore. 
So I, what was he wearing OU gloves last night, which we found out in recruiting. Maybe that's not that big of a deal. Uh, was, was David Hicks out there last night watching his old pal, uh, Michael Patterson McDonald, or what? What was going on there? I wish David Hicks had been out there. That would have been entertaining. But, no, David Stone was out there. Oh, excuse me, uh, David Stone. Yeah, my bad. Yep. But, uh, yeah, the five-star defensive Speaking lineman. positivity hour. That yeah, exactly. Either. Yeah, five, the five-star defensive lineman, formerly of Dell City, did make a cameo. Uh, hanging out with his boy, Michael Patterson-McDonald. And, yeah, I uh, got the chance to see Patterson-McDonald in the full pads, uh, going full speed in Westmore's spring game. Looked pretty good. He's not a super physically imposing guy, but at the defensive back position, you don't really have to be if you play with aggression, and he certainly does. One of those guys that's completely unafraid to come downhill and run support or pop somebody in the mouth over the middle. But, of course, I think David Stone, when he rolled up and he shows up wearing this big diamond chain around his neck at probably 6.30, about half an hour into the spring game, and he's just the toast of the entire event at that point. All the little kids are congregating, pointing out the five-star. Everybody's lined up along the fence for a photo op. David Stone moves the needle pretty much wherever he goes because he is as big a ticket as there is and, and has been on the Oklahoma prep scene in 10, 15 years. Michael Patterson McDonald doesn't have to travel far to visit to uh, visit OU. He can do it whenever he wants. But everyone makes a big deal about, okay, well, when is his official visit going to be? Is his official going to be at the barbecue, or is he going to wait until maybe the fall for a home game for his official visit to OU? Yeah, so that's what his plan was. That's at least what he told me last night is he's saving the OU official visit for the season, which – you know, he's a he's a kid that only started heating up as a recruit, well, when the OU offer came around, which I believe was the very end of January. So uh, the process has only just started to ramp up for him. He's trying to make the most of it. He's got several other Power 5 offers, numerous other Group of 5 offers, and he's taken visits here, there, and everywhere throughout the summer. But his dream school is OU. End of the day, he's probably going wherever David Stone goes. And as long as OU continues to maintain the edge for Stone, and that may be easier said than done, but as long as they continue to maintain the edge for Stone, they're going to remain in good shape with Michael Patterson-McDonald as well. But you think they're a package deal, though, because we hear about that sometimes in recruiting. Like, would Michael Patterson-McDonald come to OU if David Stone were – I'm not even going to mention another school, but if David Stone went elsewhere, would Michael Patterson-McDonald still come to OU? I think there's actually a very good chance that would happen if David Stone went somewhere that hadn't yet offered Michael Patterson-McDonald because he doesn't have an Oregon offer, he doesn't have a Miami offer, he doesn't have an Ohio State offer, right? So there are a lot of schools that have tacked on offers to Michael Patterson-McDonald to try and aid in their pursuit of David Stone, but there are some that have not. And so if at the end of the day David Stone ends up picking one of those schools, well, naturally Michael Patterson-McDonald can't follow. So I think the default for him would be the hometown school, the dream school at BOU. Uh, did Hicks play last year at A&M, asked the text line. Uh, he'll be a freshman this year, true freshman this year in, uh, in Aggieland. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We're at Brown O'Haver today. John Whitson, co-host of the Boomer Bevo podcast, is joining us. We'll tell you about Brown O'Haver, and we'll get to a lot of recruiting on the other side as well. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref for the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, John Whitson joining us today. That's because we're at Brown O'Haver. Ref Army listening nationwide. Maui, Hawaii is tuned in today. 
Lubbock, Texas is tuned in. How about we go from Maui, Hawaii to Lubbock, Texas on the app map? That's uh, <laughs> that's that's quite the uh, difference of. Could there be there. a bigger cultural divide in our entire country than Hawaii to Lubbock, Texas? Probably I not. I can't even imagine. Probably I was not. I was born in Lubbock, Texas. So you can say that. I, I well, I don't know if you could. I think every OU fan can say it. Lubbock is the worst place in the world. If we could be happy <laughs> about one thing about leaving the Big Twelve, it's leaving Lubbock, Texas behind in a in a Texas dust cloud of disgust. Let's see, what, let's see what other city you can uh, throw wow, shade at. You've already it. thrown shade at Lubbock and Cincinnati Bring so it. far. Let's Bring see. It. Provo's Ad- wonderful. Atlanta, Georgia is on the app map today. Listen, dude, they lost the election for Trump. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> hot, oh boy. it's sweaty, and it's the worst airport in the world. Fort Lauderdale, Florida, anything there? Uh, New Jersey South. I just can't stand wow. it. I can't even imagine. Fairfield, Iowa is tuned in today. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Fairfield, Iowa is fantastic. Oh. We went to Iowa. A couple uh, years ago in the summer, and it was the best summer trip we'd ever been on. Love Iowa. Ark City, Kansas, home of uh, what what junior college is there? It's uh, Cowley County. Cowley County, there you go. Do they have any five-star recruits there coming out? Uh, not yet, but it's you'll hear about it here, I promise Typical you. small Kansas town, terrible. Some will say if there's a defensive lineman in Ark City, yeah, then, then it's oh, fantastic. you ain't going to get him. Yeah. Oh, you ain't going to get him. <laughs> small town of the day uh, via the text line, Okima, Oklahoma, is tuned in today. Hey, real quick, let's tell people about Brian O'Haver. So uh, it is storm season. It's been calm throughout the past few days. Hopefully it's going to stay calm over Memorial Weekend, but – if you just recently had some damage to your home, uh, you tell us all the time the next step is just to kind of to, to kind of wait a couple days, correct? Yeah, you know, here's the deal. It, it, the, the storms that have hit now, uh, specifically the ones in Norman from about six to eight weeks ago, if you haven't been paid or you haven't been paid your policy limits, you need to call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. We're public insurance adjusters. We work for the insured, not the insurance company. At this point in time, you should have been paid. So call Brown O'Haver if you have not been paid. For those that got hit, Shawnee, whatever the case may be, you're still working with your insurance company. If you, if anything feels weird, you just want some advice, you, you, you got some questions, please call us. We're happy to give advice, happy to walk you through it. If you need the help, we're happy to get you signed up right away. But, you know, things are kind of in an okay state. But here in the next couple, three weeks, if you haven't been paid for your insurance claim from the recent tornadoes, you need to call Brown O'Haver. You need, at this point... You need to start getting some uh, things rebuilt in your life. You need to start getting back on your feet, and you need to get money in your pocket. So call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. The states with the most, uh, with the most uh, top prospects, uh, according to the 24-7 sports rankings, top 247. So, Parker, this isn't going to be much of a surprise. It's really what we've seen here throughout the past few years. But you got Texas at number one. Uh, you've got, what, Florida, I believe, at number two. Georgia at number three. And then there's California at number four. Georgia's got 30 of the top 247 prospects. And you got California uh, back at 22. And Alabama's not that far behind at 16. So not only is Georgia trending more and more away from the state of California with elite prospects, it kind of feels like Alabama's getting closer and closer to California as the years roll on. Yeah, well, naturally, just because of its size and how much of an entity high school football is down there, the Lone Star State is always going to be king nationally when it comes to high school football prospects. But what you're seeing increasingly, and this is a trend we've talked about on these airwaves before, Tyler, is – 
more and more year after year, you're seeing a heavier concentration of that top flight talent down in the Southeast. And it's always been in Florida. The last couple decades, it's really started to ramp up in the state of Georgia. And now you mentioned the trend with Alabama. You're starting to see a lot more elite prospects come from the state of Alabama as well. So again, Yet another reason why it makes sense for Oklahoma to make the transition to the SEC. Yet another reason why you can feel confident about Brent Venables and this staff and their ability to recruit that area of the country given the relationships that they have down there with Brent being a Tampa native, with Todd Bates being an Alabama alum, with Brandon Hall having deep ties in that region as well. You have a lot of connections in that region of the country, and with Oklahoma getting ready to play SEC ball, those connections are going to work in your favor in a way that they haven't even, you haven't even begun to see the payoff yet. But uh, Parker, speaking though to the to the rankings, when you look at like California, isn't it true that of those twenty two of the top two fifty or whatever, that the number of um, interior defensive linemen, offensive linemen, linebackers are like almost negligible, and that compared to the South, when they're talking about the higher prospects, it, you get a higher concentration of the big body kids that we're looking to try to recruit exactly a lot of the war daddies are going to be found in the southeast californians in the top 24 7 year over year a lot of those guys are going to be either quarterbacks or skill position players and you think back to the avocado toast positions is right what parker's yes. saying there avocado yeah. to- that's a great gosh they're, that they're is woke, phenomenal you're welcome. Tyler. you have yes. woke woke football positions out there <laughs> avocado <laughs> toast positions yes so you think back to last cycle for instance California had an amazing crop of high school quarterbacks in Nico Yamaleava and Malachi Nelson and Jaden Rashada. You can go further on down the list, but that's the norm in California. They play a lot of seven on seven out there. And it's, I mean, Muleshoe is right at home in that territory, right? Because those are the types of football teams he fields, but that's the nature of West coast football versus Texas high school football and Southeast high school football. And, Midwest high school football in general. Yeah, because you would think, if that wasn't true, right, you would think just by accident you'd get some better teams out of California in the Pac-12. Yeah. But clear, clearly we haven't. So those rankings have to be skewed, and it, clearly they're skewed. In the- well, and I think what you're seeing, too, is, you know, like Georgia and Alabama, I guess, are probably the two best examples. You know, Georgia and Alabama are at a point now with their program that they can go anywhere. You know, whether it's uh, the Northeast, I think Georgia just got to commit, what, earlier this week from someone in the Northeast? From New York. Uh, Yeah, from New York. And and Georgia and Alabama can go to the West Coast. You can't really say that about USC right now. You know, I I guess Oregon a little bit is probably doing the best of the Pac-12 teams going nationally. Oregon even goes to Durant. I mean, it's unbelievable. But USC, like they got Tackett Curtis from Louisiana last year, who's a very good linebacker. But I feel like the SEC schools are way more apt to have more success going in other regions of the country to get players than maybe a USC would. Because they don't have to. Right, because they can get a bulk of their roster, a bulk of their recruits, and then go target one or two players that they want to go. You talking about USC? No, I'm talking about the ones oh, in the southeast. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Because they can get the they can get the bulk of their recruiting sure. done, and then go find that one or two players that they really, really want, and put a lot of resources and effort into that one or two players. USC just doesn't have that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's and that's a good point, Parker. Is Georgia and Alabama? They're going to continue to you know, have the best D-line, O-line position groups, and they don't really have to leave their time zone or really their region to get those players. USC is going to have to almost always 
go out of their time zone, out of their region, to build a defensive line or even an offensive line class that's capable of winning a championship. Or just go to the transfer portal, which is well, what Muleshoe has done his first couple of years there. Bear Alexander showing off his apartment, his high-rise apartment in L.A. last night. I, I know that you saw that. Oh, man. Hey. <laughs> T- typically, college kids aren't getting apartments that are that bougie, Tyler. But uh, I, yeah. I think I think now, if we didn't already understand why Bear Alexander went to USC, we certainly understand it now because it's pretty crystal clear. I mean, that was I, Re- I, Reg- Reggie Bush didn't even have a house that night. I don't think he did. Or his parents might have. But I, don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if Reggie Bush did. He should have had one. He deserved it. He was a great player. You, you know, there's there's so much. Like I think what's dominating the the storylines nationally right now, John, is obviously conference realignment. There's a story out today in the Oklahoman about Colorado's real close from just saying screw it, we're we're going to the Big Twelve. The ACC, Magnificent Seven, or whatever they're calling. Like, e- even the Big Ten is having some issues right now with their TV schedule and playing night games. There's some obvious challenges with OU moving to the SEC. And after a 6-7 and seven year, you're maybe a little bit more hesitant. Or, or you know, I-, I think that you're confident, but maybe your confidence has been a little bit shaken after that 6-7 and seven move. However, it was the right move at the time. And could you imagine, with oh. everything that we just said about recruiting, could you imagine if OU had been sitting on the sidelines this entire time and how much we would be freaking out I, I, about the you know the future of things? I just remember doing the podcast with Kevin saying that the both of us had the exact same thought is, thank God we're with the cool kids. Yeah. Because you are like one step away. I mean, you are one step away from being outside. And then when USC and UCLA left at that, you know, in that same time, there's not a lot left, right? Outside of the SEC and the Big Ten, what are we talking about? Clemson and Oregon, maybe? And I don't even know if they – I guess Clemson does count. It would have been tough. We're with the cool kids. We have a seat at the table. Clearly our brand is still where it needs to be. Yes, six and seven. But I have this conversation all the time of would you rather have had Lincoln Riley and gone 11 and two again or gone into the – or go into the big uh, the SEC with Brent Venables. And the reality is we needed to be rebuilt. We were not going to compete in the SEC. We had to be rebuilt. If that took us taking a year back, well, then that's what it had to happen. But we have to rebuild the roster, or we have to rebuild the wa- roster, and we had to rebuild the mentality of Oklahoma football. That's just the case. If not, we're going to – if you think losing to – if USC losing to Tulane was any indication of the type of football that Lincoln Riley was coaching up with Alex Grinch – it would it wouldn't have changed at OU if he would have stayed. No, he's. I mean, we had to go. We had to take the hit. We had to, you know, take our medicine. But we, I, I think, are in a demonstrably better position than we were 18 months ago. You know who else should be thankful that OU and Texas are rolling into the SEC? I think the Big 12 and the remaining Big 12 schools might have to be thankful because they got that extra time to be a little bit proactive and trying to find new schools, whereas. The Pac-12 and maybe even the ACC now, they, they're kind of in an, in, in an interesting situation. So I know everyone, at least initially, was mad at OU in Texas, but given the timeline that it happened, it may have been the best thing ever for the Big 12, that it didn't just happen suddenly. I don't know if they would agree with that, but that's the way that I see well, it. Well, I mean, if you just take a look at the Big 12, it's going to be a fun football conference. It's going to be a fun conference it's all the way It's got a chance around. to be the third best Power Five. Now, it'll be a, a pretty big gap between you know yeah. the Big 12 and the SEC, of course, at number one. But. I don't know what the talent's going to be, but in terms of just being able to watch football and enjoy watching it, you know, it's going to be a pretty fun conference to watch. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. I mean, 
Look, the Pac-12 is just languishing. And, I mean, if you are Colorado, either one of the Arizona schools, even Utah, who's kind of building a really good program out there, you're left on an island and you're going, we don't have a chance to get, you know, a, a school like Utah has no chance to be part of the party. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Kansas just hit a grand slam in the top of the seventh inning. They now lead Texas 6-2 to two in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. Eight-seed Kansas over one-seed Texas currently 6-2. to two. Bedlam Baseball will follow this game. All right, we'll get to more of your text. Uh, five-star backer Sammy Brown had a comment about his official visits coming up. We'll hit all that and more coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, John Whitson's with us. Alice is here as well. Must be an important day if Alice comes and says hi to us. That's, I heard her back there. I'm just glad she said hi to us. It's, a rare, to it's a rare occurrence. Some people even wonder if she works here half the time. <laughs> You're lucky she's walking out the door. Yeah, well, of course, because she was here for about five minutes. Uh, John Whitson co-hosted the Boomer Bevo podcast, also with Brown O'Haver. Give them a call, 405-735-5510. And the thing that I love the most about Brown O'Haver is if you think you're getting shorted a little bit by the uh, the insurance company, this is pretty much a risk-free obligation that's, uh, that you guys provide. Absolutely. Just... Um... You only if you do pay, if you do hire us, you only pay us on what we increase your claim by. So if you've already been offered some money from your insurance company, and this can go back, Tyler, as far as a year, eighteen months. So if you've been impacted by a fire, wind damage, whatever the case may be, and you have you didn't reach your policy limits, let us do a free claims review. We can tell you if we can make you more money, and if we can, you'll only pay us on that on that new money. It's uh, it is a no risk situation takes it out of your hands, puts it in ours, and forces us to get you more money, which we usually do. On average, 30 to 40% more than clients get on their own. 405-735-5510. Call Brown O'Haver. Five-star backer Sammy Brown has visits coming up to Tennessee, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma as he wraps up his recruitment. Parker Thune, he says, quote, this is the end game. These next five weeks I'll be on official visits. And then I'll wrap things up. Um, thoughts one way or the other, if that has a positive or, you know, negative spin on it for Oklahoma, because it still kind of feels like Clemson's the overall leader here. Yeah, I look, I, I've never been overly optimistic about OU and Sammy Brown. He's going to take an OV. You're going to have a puncher's chance, if nothing else, but... I am not holding my breath about Sammy Brown ending up in OU's class. I think it's far more likely that he is a Clemson Tiger or a Georgia Bulldog when all is said and done. So not much has changed the tone of that recruitment. How about this uh, name today that decommitted from Notre Dame? Owen Waffle decommitted from Notre Dame today. Owen Waffle decommitted. I know the recruiting doomer is asking if OU has a shot with him, but I'm seeing a lot of uh, Michigan crystal balls rolling in today, Parker. Yeah, it sure feels like Owen Waffle is going to Michigan, but wouldn't that be fun? The NIL opportunities have got to be endless for a guy like that. You know where he would fit is Georgia. Get that guy a Waffle Waffle House partnership. Yeah, don't go to Michigan. Come on. Let's just let Georgia get another uh, h- highly touted prospect. That's that's all they need now. Which, which by the way, dude, it was uh, a little bit more than a week ago. What, nine days ago when Dylan Riola committed to Georgia? And after they get the number one overall player, Georgia was, I think, fourth in the team rankings. 
which just goes to show you how much damage Ohio State, Michigan, and even Notre Dame uh, have been doing so far. Georgia's back up to the number one class now, man. They, they got Dylan Riola. They're going to continue to get elite players because they got Dylan Riola. I don't know if Georgia is trending towards the top-ranked class ever, Parker, but, um, man, they they are they, they are on a, quite a hot streak here in the month of May, probably more than anybody else in the sport. Yeah, I mean, everybody – Everybody heats up at a different point on the calendar, and in the case of the two-time defending national champions, I think what you're seeing is guys want to jump in the boat early because they understand what Kirby Smart has built and is building in Athens, and they want to lock down their spot while they still can. So, uh, Jaden Reddle committed earlier today. That's er, Reddle Riddell. I can never remember exactly how to say. He told me straight up. I he told me face to. I'm pretty sure he said Riddell. I always forget though, but. Yeah, they get a commitment today from four-star tight end Jaden Riddell. Uh, little question remains that Georgia is tight end U nationally, at least on the recruiting trail. And I would figure they will be upwards of 20 commitments. How, how many do they have right now, Tyler? Off the top of your head, they, you know? 16. Yeah, 16. Yeah, I was about to say, I'd figure they'll be upwards of 20 commitments by the end of June because – you win two consecutive national championships, you're going to be able to recruit at an elite level, and you're going to be able to press guys to commit early in the process because if you're Kirby Smart, you can sit those guys down in your office and say, basically, look, I'm running the hottest program in all of college football. If you don't, on, if you don't want in with me, I got a guy coming in for another official visit next weekend that will take your spot, no questions asked. If we want, if we want some optimism, they, they don't have any defensive line commits. Yeah. So maybe maybe, yeah, maybe they're trending offense now. Maybe they're going to buy into the Lincoln Riley method and just you know try to go with all the points. And stuff. Some will Doubtful. say, "Well, Doubtful. they already have too many defensive lines, Doubtful. so they don't need they don't need any more in recruiting." I think like twenty five percent of their current commits are five stars right now. Unbelievable. And we'll see what other commits that they have so, that are upgraded to a five star. The Riola kid, yeah, from Pinnacle. Now that's where Rattler was from, correct? Yes. That was the high school that he was from, yes. That's what I mean, yeah. Pinnacle in, in Phoenix, Arizona. Is that the same high school coach and all that stuff, to, uh, Parker? That's a is great he, is that question. Kind of, is that kind of a factory? Is that starting to become like a factory? Is that something we need to keep an eye on? Now, Pinnacle has always been a powerhouse program down there when it comes to churning out elite talent. That was where Deuce Robinson went to school as well. So uh, not only did they have one five-star in the last few years in Spencer Rattler, but they just had another one in Deuce Robinson who – it's probably going to be a pretty early round MLB draft pick here in the oh, next wow. couple of months. So, uh, yes, I think that's going to be what is that going to be? Dylan Riola's third or fourth high school in his Jeez. high school. Career. Yeah, because so he so he transferred. I believe he spent his first two years at Burleson in Texas, then went out to Chandler, and then most recently transferred to Pinnacle, where he's going to play his senior year. But uh, I, I don't know. I can't answer your question, John. I don't know if it's all the same coaching staff there at Pinnacle as it was when Spencer Rattler was there. But, uh, yeah, definitely one of the factory programs down there in Arizona. Gunny on the text line says, that Boomer Bevo pod is a pretty good one. Y'all should give it a listen if you haven't. Thanks, Gunny. You're the best, man. Yeah, Gunny's, Gunny's awesome. So, yeah, Boomer Bevo podcast, it's exactly what it sounds like. You've got the OU host, John. You've got the Texas host, Kevin, on it. And since we're on the subject of recruiting, like we, we talk OU recruiting on here every single day, but all is kind of quiet in the Big 12 right now on the recruiting front. And you guys do talk recruiting on that podcast, so Kevin really hasn't had much to say either on the recruiting front for this year's class. No, but they, you know, they're, they're still living in the afterglow of Arch, though. 
right? They're they're still living high on the arch train. They're feeling really good about this season. So the recruiting has kind of taken a back burner to, I think, what their expectations are, which to all of us are just like probably the, the most hilarious storyline in all of sports is the Texas expectations. But they're feeling really good about where they're at, and I hope we get a chance to get Kevin on maybe later this afternoon so we can grill him on. I just want to ask him, like, Kevin, be honest. Like, are you really buying? I, it, you, you won eight games last year. There were some good moments of the year season, no doubt. But it, it's going from well, they won eight games to, oh they're, oh, they're winning the Big 12. Forget about it. They are leaving the Big 12 with a conference they, championship. And, and they're losing their best offensive player, probably the best offensive player they've had in years. In, yeah, maybe since in Cole Bijan, McCoy. And Bijan Robinson, right? I mean, that guy was otherworldly. Now, to be fair, though, the offensive genius that is Sarkeesian did a terrible job, in my mind, utilizing him. Totally. I want to say he got like 12 carries against TCU last year. It was a joke. But at the same time, the guy was really, really, really good. Get drafted number seven, right, to Atlanta for a running back? That tells you the talent level that you're losing at running back, and you're still bringing back the same quarterback. If Arch is so good and Malik Murphy is so good – how is Quinn Ewers still playing with the production level that he put up last year? And it makes you think, well, it's just Texas. This is what they do. They fall. It's like the good old boy system at, uh, uh, in a typical, typical Texas fashion. Yeah. Um, nobody is more thankful for us leaving than Mike Gundy, says a texter in the 918s. Uh, 405, if Colorado joins the Big 12, how quickly before Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State join the Big 12? I think it's one of those domino situations. You have someone like Colorado, Colorado saying, yep, we're going. I think uh, several could follow immediately after, especially you, if the Pac-12 doesn't look like they can get a TV deal done. I, I, the only thing that it would be interesting, you know, I mentioned Utah before. BYU and Utah absolutely hate each other, right? If Oklahoma and Texas hate Oklahoma and Texas hate each other, but their but their administration seems to work together, right? To better the Big Twelve. And at least it's still alcohol induced hate for the most. You know, well, yeah, yeah. They sober hate each other out there. They That's- sober hate each other, like on a very deep level. And I sober hate Texas, but they and, sober hate each other so all the time. I don't think Utah would get the follow-in, right? I don't think Utah would get to, would get to follow in those dominoes, right? Because it would almost make sense if you kind of think about it, right? You could do Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State. Your fourth team would be Utah. Like, okay, this seems pretty good. And then you'd have a built-in rival with uh, BYU. I don't know. I don't think they would let that happen. I think they would. I think that was probably one of the deals they made was if we're coming, you're not ever bringing Utah. 405. That would be pretty amazing. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll close up locked in next. We'll do all text coming up next segment. Keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. Several of you are making the, wait, Kansas is beating Texas and something else jokes? Yeah, well, that's still happening in Arlington, Texas. First round of the Big 12 tournament. Eight seed Kansas is up on one seed Texas. Six to two in the bottom of the eighth inning. So Texas four outs away from suffering an opening round loss to the eight seeded Kansas Jayhawks. To the text line we go. Ohio Sooner says, is there a reason why Oklahoma can't have the level of high school prospects that Alabama has? Similar population, similar climate. And do you think that OU's move to the SEC will improve the high school prospects in the state as a whole? Parker, what do you think? Man, that's a good question. Here's the deal. I think what you need to understand about Oklahoma is that, yes, It's a state where a lot of people are paying attention to high school football. But historically, 
it's also a really big baseball state, Tyler. Yep. And so, like, I, I would say in the deep south, in that neck of the woods, generally those kids, when they're growing up, they're all football, right? And so in the state of Oklahoma, you have kids growing up with more divided interests. Some guys are going to lean towards baseball, some towards basketball, some towards football. That's just kind of the nature of being in the Midwest is – and I know that people are going to have their opinions about whether or not Oklahoma is in the Midwest or not. But I think that's just kind of the nature of growing up in this region of the country is that you'll get plenty of kids that want to do different things and have different outlets. In the South, it's all about football, and that's what it's always been about. 580, if Oklahoma takes care of business and football this year, it will get our recruiting back to rolling at a high level. Well, that's just – I mean, that's kind of the missing ingredient right now, is, and that's what they need, Parker. They just um, – they need a year defensively where, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be top 10, but, man, top 40 or top 30 would be really nice. J- just some evidence and proof of this staff playing high-level defense at OU. Yeah, and once that happens, look, Oklahoma signed the number four class in the country last year that heavily leaned towards defensive excellence. I mean, one tight end, one wide receiver, two blue-chip offensive linemen. The majority of the Sooners elite signees last year were on defense. Imagine how much better their recruiting efforts are going to get once they start playing elite defense on Saturdays. Captain Willard, what? Are you telling me that skill players taking pictures with exotic sports cars won't win SEC games? Yes, we'll find out. That's 100% what we're saying. The Rush coming up next.